Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Return to Play. I'm Brandon Hodnett, and today I'm joined by Andy Kapilov calling in from Houston, Texas. Andy, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, Andy, you're a member of the women's lacrosse team. Um, what's some? What's one of the favorite, most uh, favorite memories you've had as a mem member of the women's lacrosse team? See, you know, there's not too, too much to choose from because I've been a little bit limited in my play thus far uh, just because of COVID. But I think one of my absolute favorite memories was um, spring break, uh, my freshman year. So that was right around the beginning of COVID. Um, our team just bonded so much, came together, um, had a great time. We had a lot of fun on the beach, but we also played two games and played really well, won both games. Um, it ended, you know, our, our 2020 season uh, five and zero, which was, it was super exciting to be a part of. And I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season because I, I think we've got a lot of great things coming together. Yeah, so you really didn't have a lot of, a uh, lot of on the field time with, with Swarthmore Women's Lacrosse before things shut down. What was, what was it like for you March of 2020 after, you know, you found out the season was going to be over? What did you do next? Honestly, at first I was really upset. I mean, I was at home. We had, we had come home. So we were on spring break. We flew back to Swarthmore. Um, we were there for, I was there at least for about 36 hours. And then I flew home to Houston, um, all kind of in the middle of the pandemic. Of course, at that point, no one's wearing masks. No one's wearing any of that stuff. So looking back, that was kind of crazy. Um, but I remember I got home and then we got the, the word that we weren't going to be coming back for the rest of the semester. And I was just crushed I mean all through high school like I was just so like my high school dream was to play lacrosse in college and like I'd finally gotten there and then like boom it was gone in an instant um so that was I was upsetting but I think our team did a good job of really staying in touch and like staying together as a unit and supporting each other through it because we all knew we were going through the same thing like how hard it was just to lose that season and really not know anything about the situation. Um, but I think it helped me even grow closer with my teammates, if you can believe it, like being at home and them being my connection to school and stuff. So, you know, I was at home taking my online classes and we were having FaceTimes and Zooms like four nights a week. So um, we did a good job of staying in touch. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Like the efforts that the upperclassmen made to really keep us in touch, it was like, the biggest thing for me in the first, you know, couple months of it, just having like that anchor, I guess, in my teammates. Hmm. Um, in general, when you're on the lacrosse field, what's your, what's just your favorite part about playing lacrosse? Like what you're like, oh man, I just, I love this part about this sport. Definitely like the sportsmanship that our team exhibits, I think um, with each other, especially like, no one is just looking to score a goal for themselves. Like you're looking to put it together and win for the team. And like, I think, um, you know, Karen, Coach Borby, I guess she, she does a really great job of like installing that into us. And like when someone scores, like obviously they're getting hugs on the field, they're getting all of that. And like on the sideline, the whole sideline's going crazy. Like, I think that's my favorite part, like how much of a, a unit that we are and how much we support each other on and off the field. That's great. Um, and you are going to be a political science major. What's one of your favorite classes? It doesn't have to be a political science class, but what's one of your 
favorite classes that you've had so far at Swarthmore? Yeah, I think one that really tops the list, it's not a political science class, it's actually an environmental science class. Um, I took it this fall, I took it, I took it um, hybrid, I guess. So we met in person a few times. It was mostly remote, we took our, it was a seminar. So we took our like actual class remote, but we did a lot of hands-on work in person. Um, and it was called Plants and People. Hmm. Um, so <laughs> when I first read the description of this class, I was like, this is a joke. Like, this is not a real class, it's worth more. It's like, it, but I took it, I signed up, I got into it. It was the first time the class was offered. Um, a new professor, uh, Lauren Mon, she's amazing, wonderful. The class was amazing. We spent a lot of our time drawing plants and learning about people's so basically the base of the class is like learning about people's relationship with plants so like how people use plants for medicinal value and for food consumption and how humans are affecting like the pattern of growth of different plants and how um uh, indigenous people interact with plants and how um indigenous communities are being affected by you know mainstream use of different plants and how you know, one person's actions or one group's actions affect another group's actions like via the use of plants and stuff. It was so interesting. Um, we did a lot of hands-on stuff, a lot of drawing, a lot of learning, working in the garden, um, lots of tasting and cooking. And it was it was a really incredible experience that I really think could only be offered. It's worth more. Like, I don't think there's any other place that could have put that kind of glass on and um, it run as well as it did. Um, but I think from what I've heard, it seems like, so they've offered it again. And from what I understand, there was a wait list the next semester. I think like all of us that were in like the guinea pig class, we've all been like, you have to take this course. Um, so it was awesome. Uh, props to like Scott Arboretum. I think they were the ones that uh, initially designed the course, which is pretty cool. So it's like the college in conjunction with the Arboretum and it was awesome. That's definitely my favorite class so far. That sounds incredible. That's awesome. Um, so you, so you're here in the fall. Did you do J term or, um, yeah? Yes. So I, I, a few of my friends and I, we were together for J term, which was nice. Nice. And then you decided to take the spring off, correct? Correct. Correct. And, and you had a really exciting opportunity this spring. Can you tell us about that? I did. So last summer, so like summer of 2020, like when COVID was in full swing, mm -hmm. I started to research like, how can I get back on the lacrosse field? Like at that point I was just so depressed and I was like, so missing my team, my sport. Um, my high school's fields were closed uh, and the public fields that I could get to are like 30 minutes away from my house. It was a real trek and I could never find people to go with me. I was like basically just playing wall ball by myself every day in the heat of Houston summer. I was like, this is terrible. This is not fun. <laughs> um, so I started Googling. I was like, how can I start playing again? Um, and I'd, I knew a few friends from like my recruiting camp days that had played with Israel lacrosse. Um, I, I'm not even sure what they did. I think maybe they went on their high school service trip. Um, they offer like a trip for high schoolers, but uh, so I started looking at Israel lacrosse. So basically they do a really great job of recruiting Jewish American lacrosse players into their program. So I knew um, because of my Judaism that I was like eligible, I guess, to be part of their program in some fashion, but I wasn't sure what that was gonna look like. And originally 
they had rescheduled some tournament that was supposed to be spring of 2020. They'd rescheduled it for fall of 2020 and they were going to field that team with, um, you know, American collegiate athletes. And I just sent an email. I was like, are there any roster spots left? Obviously that tournament didn't happen. Like we weren't bringing together huge groups of people in October of 2020. Um, but you know, in, in my head at the time, I was like, maybe this is going to be feasible and like, maybe I'm going to get a chance to play. <laughs> so I sent them an email, um, Sarah Meisenberg, who's, uh, <clears throat> the like head of the women's program, I guess. Um, and I was like, Hey, are there any roster spots left? I'm, you know, I go to Swarthmore college, I play lacrosse. I'm from Houston. Like I'm Jewish dying to get back on the lacrosse field. Mm. And she responded, she was like, Hey, not really sure what's going on with that tournament. We'll keep you updated, but why don't we get on a phone call? And like, I'll tell you about all of these opportunities. And I was like, okay. So we talked and she told me that they were planning a gap year experience. So basically like, because they knew that so many um, college students were deferring college or taking a year off or a semester off or whatever, just because of the pandemic, they, they were trying to get kids to come to Israel for the year. And I was like, wow, like I had not even considered taking the semester off or the year off or any of those things. Um, and all of a sudden, like this opportunity literally just like fell in my lap, like because of one email. Um, and basically, you know, she's selling me on it. And she's like, yeah, you're going to live in a beach town. You're going to play lacrosse. You're going to coach Israeli youth players in lacrosse. You're going to get to explore the country. I was like, yeah, sign me up, like, please. Um, but what I told her at the time was that I was just waiting for Swarthmore to make their decision about what our, you know, academic year was going to look like, because it really was my priority to get back on campus and get some semblance of normalcy, I guess, in academics, at least. Um, and I did know that, like, if I took the whole year off, I was going to have to class down and everything and, you know, thinking about the implications of that, I guess. But so when Swarthmore announced their plan to do you know, fall underclassmen and spring upperclassmen. I was like, okay. And they did, they said J term, you know, it's going to be all remote. And Sarah said that their spring program was going to start February 1st, which is like two days after J term ended. Um, so I decided I was going to be on campus in the fall and I was going to take a J term class. And then I was going to go to Israel for the spring. My parents were like, are you crazy? <laughs> they were like, what is going on? They're like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, so I committed to be part of that program, like in September, like right after I got back to school, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Israel for the spring. Um, and it was funny, actually. So like, we got on this Zoom call with all of like the participants and the coaches and stuff. And like super randomly, one of my good friends from high school who I played club with, she plays at Dartmouth now. She was on this call and she texted me. She's like, are you going? I was like, are you going? Mm -hmm. She was like, yeah. Turned out she was going in the fall and I was going in the spring. So we ended up missing each other, but it was like super random, like small world stuff. Um, so, you know, January comes around, there's second wave, Israel's back in lockdown. Um, and so because of their lockdown, we kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed of like when we were going to go. So we were supposed to depart from JFK on February 1st. Like I was supposed to be leaving town like the day after J term ended. Mm -hmm. um, but because of their lockdown, their, uh, the Tel Aviv airport kept getting, uh, the, the Tel Aviv airport was closed, but it just kept getting like extended the closure. Um, so, you know, all the flights kept getting canceled. Um, and 
funny enough, so I had texted one of my other friends that she's from Dallas. She plays at, um, she plays on the Pomona Pitzer team. So another, you know, D3 liberal arts kid. Uh, and I was like, hey, like, I think I'm back thinking about doing this, you know, opportunity. She was like, sounds cool. She was out in the wilderness for the fall. So she was unsure what she was going to be doing, but then they were going to be remote for the spring too. So she ended up coming along. And then another girl that I knew, she's from the Woodlands, which is just north of Houston, ended up coming too. So we were like three Texas kids all knew each other from club and high school. And we're all trying to figure out like how we're going to get ourselves to Israel <laughs> because the, we like, we all had like three different flights booked at any given time, like just trying to see what was going to go. Because like El All was sometimes going and then United went one day and then a Delta flight went, but like not, the three were never going at the same time. Um, so finally, February 22nd, I got on the flight. Like I also, we kept getting tested for COVID because you have to have like a 72 hour COVID test to go to Israel. So we kept having to get retested. I got tested for COVID like four times in a two week span thinking I was going to leave. Um, yeah, no, the people at the testing place were like, you're still negative. Like, why are you getting tested? I'm like, I know I don't have it. I have to just prove that I don't have it. Um, so finally we got on the plane, um, flew from Houston to, I guess it was to Newark actually, not the JFK, it's Houston and Newark. And then Newark, to Tel Aviv. Um, so we first met up with a couple other kids on our program in Newark. It was me and the girl from the Woodlands. Um, and then we flew to Tel Aviv and got picked up. It was nighttime when we got there, we got picked up. When was this? By a guy that, is this, this is February 22nd. Yeah, okay. so almost so the end of February. Almost a month after yeah. you were planning on being there, right? Yeah, exactly. Got picked up at the airport by a guy that didn't really speak any English and we're all like what is happening like where are we going so we go we get to the apartment um so we were in like apartment buildings um in Ashkelon um and so at the time it was night so like we couldn't see the view that we had so we just got there kind of shuffled in unloaded our bags set up our beds like ate dinner went to bed basically and then like the morning light wakes us up and like I don't think I'll ever forget this I woke up I had no idea where I was, like what I was looking at outside that window. I opened the window and like, boom, ocean view, like mm. just ocean and beach and it's green all around. I was like, that did I die and go to heaven? I was like, what happened here? Because we came in and like, it was pitch black. We had no idea where we were. I had no idea what I was gonna be looking at when I um, you know, opened that window. It was surreal. Um, it was really amazing. It was like that moment where I was like, yeah, I think I made the right decision. I think this was the right thing to do. Um, so we had a 10 day quarantine and then after our 10 day quarantine, like day 11 of being there, we went and got vaccinated, which was pretty awesome. Um, cause Israel was doing so well with the vaccinations at that point, they had opened it up, uh, to everyone 18 and up already. And that was like just after March 1st. Um, so we went and got vaccinated. And we jumped right into our schedule. I mean, we were playing. Uh, so it was a group of us. So there was, I believe, 15 or 16 girls and like 12 or 13 boys. And so there was like the boys would practice and they had a coach and we would practice and we had our coach. Um, and I mean, 15 girls was like, that was awesome. That's enough to play 7v7. And like we could play full field if we wanted to, like sevens full field. Um, it was really awesome. So we were playing like four days a week and there's a gym by the field 
it's cool actually they've, they've set a gym up in uh shipping containers they like reuse shipping containers wow. to build this gym yeah and the field in Ashkelon, um i found out while i was there is actually the only field outside of north america that only has lacrosse lines on it hmm. so it is the only lacrosse specific field like outside of north america wow. which was pretty cool to be playing on that yeah. um I mean, I guess every other field is repurposed from football or rugby or gosh, I don't know what other sports, <laughs> but um, soccer, I guess. Um, but yeah, this was a field built for lacrosse and it's turfed and there's goals and backstops and a gym. It's like just this little haven. Um, and so we would walk from our apartments. It was about an uh, excuse me, not an hour, a mile walk from our apartments. We'd walk up the hill, might go get a coffee or something on the way to practice. We'd go, we'd come to practice, we'd play, we'd lift, we'd have Hebrew classes, and then we'd go to the beach and we'd play spike ball or beach volleyball. And then in the evenings, a um, couple nights a week, every, well, every evening that was coaching, it just, we got assigned to different places. So I actually coached the kids in Ashkelon um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I was coaching two nights a week. Some were coaching just one or three or whatever, it kind of depended. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. And these, I mean, the kids that I was coaching, like they ranged from literally having pick, picked up a stick like the day that I showed up to having played for five or six years. Um, but like one thing that I think is what's like really beautiful about the Israel lacrosse program is that they're really trying to grow the game there. Um, and it's growing really rapidly. It, it picks up fast because, you know, it's kids that play soccer or other sports. It just picked up lacrosse really easily. But the the girls show up and, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They don't have barely have the hand-eye coordination to catch and throw and like invite them right in. They set them up with gear. They bring them right into the field. They're like, all right, like you're good. Like, let's go. And the girls that are older and more experienced are aware of that. And they appreciate that because they were in that exact same position two, three years before there was. And when they started, there was no one except for the like American coaches that was there to look up to. That was like, yeah, this is where I can be. Um, but now those younger and newer players have their peers to be like, okay, this is what I can be. This is what I can become, um, which I think is really cool. And they've got a couple leagues set up, um, practices in five or six different cities. Um, they bring, obviously outside of COVID, they were bringing kids together a lot more for, for games and stuff, but, um, COVID made it a little bit difficult. Um, but and pre-COVID, the coaches, the heads of the program, uh, Jake and Sarah were going to schools and introducing lacrosse, like pitching it to PE classes and stuff. Um, and it was really, it was just so awesome. Like, yeah, just seeing kids like for things like to click, I guess. And I think it's really different because like, at least in the States, by the time I started playing lacrosse when I was eight or nine, like I played soccer and I played probably a little bit of basketball. And like, I, I had done like a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of these kids that come to the Israel lacrosse program, like haven't had access to sport, like at all, especially the girls. Um, so we'll have some come in and like, just seeing them open up and like learn lacrosse and learn to love lacrosse, but also like learn to love running around and being athletic and like just making new friends and stuff. Like all of that coming together is like, it's so cool to see. And over the course of the three months, like there were some girls that just improved like exponentially. It was so awesome to see. And they would come back every night to practice and like, they're so excited to be there. Um, they're just so excited to have that opportunity to play and learn and, and do something new. It's like just the coolest thing to watch. Hmm. That sounds like an incredible experience. 
you know, in my opinion, sports like helps people transcend cultures, language barriers, boundaries, all these different things. Um, and it, it seems like you really, you really experienced that firsthand. What do you, what do you think it is about sports that transcends all those different boundaries and barriers? Um, well, I guess first I'll say, yeah, I absolutely experienced that. I mean, I came in speaking like I could count the number of words in Hebrew on one hand. It was like, hello, goodbye, and falafel. Like that was what I knew. Um, and obviously over the course of the couple of months, we were taking Hebrew classes. Um, so that was cool. So I was, I was learning there, but most of my learning came like within lacrosse language, I guess, like, you know, learning how to tell players what to do on the field and stuff. Um, and most of them spoke English, but like, obviously, I mean, I speak Spanish as a second language. Like if someone's like yelling something in Spanish, like stringing full sentences together in Spanish while I'm trying to run around and focus on catching a ball, like that's <laughs> probably not going to go over well. Mm -hmm. So like, similarly, like just picking up those simple phrases in Hebrew, like was really helpful for them. Um, but also like there were some girls that didn't speak English as well. And like the older girls would translate, like that was cool too. Um, but I guess... I think what it is about sports is that, I mean, the rules are the same, regardless of who you are, what you look like, what language you speak, where you're from. I mean, I guess look at the Olympics right now, like all of these people from all of these cultures and all of these heritages and religions and language backgrounds, like they're all coming together and competing in the same sport. And like that, I, I think that like competition really does bring people together in a way that I don't think anything else can because I mean kids are kids like kids want to play they want to learn they want to do all of these things by nature and like we put a lacrosse stick in their hand and tell them to come to this field at this time and they come and they learn a new sport alongside other kids that are the same age and in the same um you know life experience um but also learning from us, these coaches, like random American college kids. And like, we were able to form these relationships like through lacrosse that just would not have happened off the field. I mean, just because of the language barrier, like you wouldn't become close with a kid. And like, um, I mean, we ended up like going for Shabbat dinner to like some of the kids' houses. Like we got invited to like meet their families and stuff. And like, that just wouldn't have happened without, you know, lacrosse to like be that glue, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what it is about necessarily about sports, but I, I think like, I think it's a lot about human nature. I mean, humans gravitate towards certain things, no matter where you're from, especially kids. And like, I, I think like that gravitation kind of brings people together um, and kind of like surpasses all of those boundaries that you mentioned before. I think I know how you're going to answer this, but would you do it again if you could? In a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. I'd be back there right now if I could. Oh, that's great. Well, Andy, what are you looking forward to most about coming back to Swarthmore this year? Um, well, I am so excited to be back on campus. I mean, obviously I've not been back since November, um, but I haven't had, I've been back with all of my friends, I guess, my friends from freshman year, a lot of them took years off or um, gap years, gap semesters, or um, were just virtual the whole year. So I'm really looking forward to being back with like all of my friends. Um, I'm looking forward to being back to classes in person. I think that's like 
the best thing about Swarthmore <laughs> is like the academics. And I, I really miss taking class in person. Well, I don't think Zoom really chalks up to class in person. It's just not the same. Um, I'm also really looking forward to getting back to like seeing sports games and stuff and going to support my friends. Um, I saw like all the fall schedules came out. I'm really excited, like trying to navigate, like, okay, when do I have class? And when do I get to go see a soccer game? When do I get to go see a volleyball match? When do I go to get to watch field hockey? <laughs> like, I'm so excited. Um, my friends and I really like to go and support each other. So um, definitely be like carving time out to go and watch sports and support my friends. I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm really excited to get my team back together. Like I swore my women's lacrosse hasn't been together as a unit since March of 2020. And that's forever ago. Like, I think we've all changed so much as people since this pandemic. So I, I'm really missing that. I mean, obviously there was some of us, excuse me, in the fall, but it was myself and two other sophomores. And then all of the freshmen, of course, they're all new on campus. They don't know each other. And like, granted, I, I think our coaches did a really great job of like helping us bond and stuff. Like, I think like I came out with like really special relationships with those other two sophomores and those freshmen that probably wouldn't have been created if like everybody was on campus, but I'm just really excited to get everybody back together and get playing again. I'm, I'm just looking forward to all of it. I don't know the whole, the whole package. I'm just ready for things to be somewhat normal again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Swarthmore Athletics Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and share it with your friends.